Imagine More is a weekly podcast that explores the stories, passions, successes, and failures of young, unconventional entrepreneurs. Chantel works to uncover the person behind the passion and unpack the ingredients of their entrepreneurial minds. What is it that makes them imagine more? Today, I'm here with Joe Kaufman, the founder and CEO of Agency Sparks. He started the company in 2014 after some agency experience, and he's essentially a matchmaker for brands and marketing agencies. So we're excited to learn more about his story and dive right in. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Chantel. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to hear your story and how you've imagined more in your career. Can you kick us off with telling everyone a little bit about your company? So Agency Sparks, uh, I started about three and a half years ago in early 2014. And I had spent six years leading business development and marketing at a pretty large agency called Engage that got bought by Publicis, which is one of the massive holding companies. And it became clear to me that uh, the big holding company wasn't for me. And so I had built a really repeatable and scalable business development process that wasn't just based on relationships and, you know, that I had, but also based on discipline and outbound re outreach and, uh, uh, you know, nurturing opportunities and nurturing relationships. And so I took that, uh, skill and experience and built a company that is essentially a matchmaker for brands and for marketing agencies. That's amazing. What, what was that pivot moment for you in that larger company? TPS reports. For okay. those of you who've seen Office Space, I was doing three <laughs> versions of TPS reports and it became clear that you, that the agency that I had joined was not the agency that it had become. And I, I felt that the the tools and the skill that I'd used to help one agency could then be leveraged and shared across a number of agencies. Okay. So I'm imagining you, um, you know, the scene when he undrills the cubicle space and just kind of pushes the walls down. I actually did that. Yeah. Yep. I, I actually <laughs> undrilled all the, but it was, I didn't no, just undrill didn't. mine. I undrilled all of the cubes in the entire office. And, uh, no, I mean, it, it really, for me, um, I suspect that I was never a really fantastic employee. Uh, I always joke that I was, you know, <laughs> somewhat unemployable. And so I had to start a company. Okay. Let's dive a little bit deeper <laughs> into your company. So what industries do you work with? What's your sweet spot? How did you learn your sweet spot? Yeah. So, so we work with a variety of different industries. Uh, we're pretty industry agnostic in that we have the lingo is a little weird for our company because the agencies that we work with are actually the ones that pay us. Uh, most people would call those clients, but we never call them clients because that would be completely confusing since we are connecting those agency partners with actual brands or clients. And, um, so for me, um, you know, this began with some relationships with some agencies that knew, about my ability to help connect them with potential clients. And I was able to convince them that it wasn't just about the Joe Kaufman relationships that could fuel their growth. It was also about the repeatable 
process uh, that I had built over time. And so, you know, I've been really careful over the last couple of years to say that the network of relationships is just one little piece of what we offer clients. Well, you talked a little bit about the process and scaling. And just from my experience being in a service-based business, it's tough sometimes as you grow and grow quickly to not make that frontline want to be working directly with you. Have you experienced something like that as well as you've grown your team and your partner and brands that you're working with? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to your point, I I just extended a job offer uh, right before we spoke to um, a young lady that she was, I was fortunate enough that she accepted the offer and will be working with us. But uh, one of the things I talked to her about was that as now, as in, uh, Agency Sparks grows, I will have somebody specifically focused on handling the relationships with our agency partners. And, um, you know, I don't think they all need, you know, quote Joe Kaufman time. I think the reality is we can add value for our agency partners by delivering what we promise, which is introductions to brands that are appropriate. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter whether it's me doing the introductions or not long-term. That's great. And this new colleague, um, our employee of yours, did you, is this a new position on the team? It is. So she's somebody that worked as an intern over the summer and we had made a plan to end that internship at the end of July and either put her, bring her on full time or not. And it was sort of one of those try it before you buy it for both her and for us. But her primary role and function on the team will be to create content. Uh, so she is writing our blog. She's curating our social media content and also creating new content for social. Uh, and then she's also working on some campaign stuff. And from our perspective, our business, um, we are promoting that we have this network of specialist marketing agencies. And so that the client, the actual brands, if they need an agency, we're in a position to refer them to an agency that can help them solve that marketing challenge that they're having. Nice. Well, congratulations on the new hire. I know it's a true testament to the culture you're building and your team, especially if they started off as an intern. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's funny because this is the third intern that I've hired. No, sorry. Second, I think it's the third intern that I've ended up hiring full time. Um, so I think that's also just a great way as an entrepreneur for you to experience somebody who you're not certain of what they could bring to the table yet. And they're not certain what you bring to the table as an employer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then once that internship concludes, you have a really good feel of what you're getting on both sides. Certainly. Are you the person currently managing the recruiting piece for the internship program or do you have someone on your team helping with that? When we were interviewing interns, uh, we would often do a group interview, uh, usually a phone interview initially and then in person. And I actually like to interview the person first and then have my team talk to them after. Uh, Many organizations do it the opposite way where the CEO is the last word. But to me, I'm looking first if they're a cultural fit. uh, And that's absolutely the most important piece. Uh, We have 
some very clear values that we've established for agency sparks. And so I'm looking if they fit with those values. And then if they fit those values, then I, I want the rest of the team to talk to them about their skills. Mm-hmm. And we've talked offline, Joe, a little bit about your daily cuddles. Can you tell the listeners about <laughs> more about your culture and what that actually is? The name actually came from somebody on my team just mishearing the huddle. Uh, but yeah, we we actually do – actually, it's a weekly huddle where we have each person on the team brings a sheet where they outline what their biggest priority is for the coming week. Uh, they outline where they need help, where their challenge is. They talk about things that we – um, should start doing things that we should keep on doing and things that we should stop doing. And then the last thing is that they highlight the, any big wins or shout outs. So that's the, that's the time when we usually talk about the other people in the team and the work they're doing and what we appreciate about their work. Uh, but we begin each one of those cuddles, um, with list out our six values and we highlight one value for the first five or 10 minutes of that conversation. Uh, and we talk about what that value means to us. And it's funny because we rotate each week to a different value and we've already, you know, started recycling the same values over and over again, but it's interesting to hear different perspectives. You know, even as we've gone through a second and third time, people are coming up with new ways that those values apply to our our world and our business. That's amazing. Have you felt that those values have completely shaped the culture? Did you have them written before you had additional teammates and colleagues or did you do that collaboratively? We did that collaboratively. And our what we did was we went through an exercise as a team to start with a lot more than six. And we whittled them down to the six and we argued and debated to try to understand if the, you know, if, if we could even get them down to four or three or, or two, but the reality is, uh, we, every year I readdress those values with a team to ask if they need to change or be updated. Mm-hmm. And so far they've been pretty consistent. That's neat. I, I, we have not applied kind of that reapproaching the core values and talking about it on a year to year basis, but that's an interesting, but for the most part, they've stayed the same. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, uh, when an old married couple, married couple renews their vows. <laughs> um, we, we like to renew our vows once a year to make sure that they still make sense. Wow. That's great. Do you take the values that you have and also apply those to hiring questions? Where else do those core values translate outside of the cuddle? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to hear you still calling it yeah. a cuddle. We, we, we call it a cuddle too, but no, we, we do. We, I, we are listening. I I'm in the interview conversations. I'm mentally checking off and actually usually on paper, literally checking off is the person and I'll go ahead and share what our values are with you. Now agency sparks is honorable. We're resourceful. We're insightful. We're collaborative. We're tenacious and we're connected. And I'm looking for people to join our team that are honorable, resourceful, insightful, collaborative, tenacious, and connected. And if they're missing some of those value, values, they're probably not a fit. That's great. Thank you for sharing those values. Those are awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Let's dive into your day-to-day. So 
I imagine as a business owner, it's a little bit different every day, but is there something routine-wise that sets you up for success in the morning? Yeah, I, I, I begin my day by reading, and it actually begins early in the morning. Um, I usually get up 5.30 or 6 at the latest, uh, and I read for a good hour, and then I go work out, and then I you know shower and get ready for my day. But that reading time is my team will tell you they often get emails from me 5:30 6 a.m. because I often will find something that's interesting for the team and also I'm thinking in terms of content that we could curate for the rest you know for our social and things like that but um you know then I get into my day which usually consists of phone calls conversations meetings um and I try to block time specifically for the team Uh, internally where I know I'm not going to have external conversations just so that I can, like we do, uh, um, every Monday, for example, we have a content conversation that's about 45 minutes where we come up with ideas for content for us and, um, topics as well as specifics. Um, and then we have our weekly cuddle every Wednesday and we do free lunch Wednesdays every Wednesday. So, um, we go buy lunch for the whole team And then we have our cuddle while we're eating lunch together. And then there are other things like um, every Wednesday we film our marketing mindset, which is a Facebook live and also sits on our YouTube account video where we'll discuss content that's relevant to marketing professionals. So usually we'll end up talking about something that's happening on our blog uh, that week. The weekly lunch is such a great idea. I think that's a great value add for all of your employees, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's casual. I mean, you know, they know not to bring a lunch on Wednesday. We we switch it up. What restaurants we get food from? We usually pick it up and bring it to the office. It's not a you know field trip. This is a catered lunch in, mm-hmm. and it's relatively inexpensive for considering the value that it brings for our whole team having a meal together at least once a week. Yeah, certainly we. Just started working with a company called Sifted. They do weekly meal delivery, lunch deliveries for companies. They work with companies like Warby Parker, but they've also helped provide us weekly catered lunches. And since we've done that, I mean, it's just nice to unplug and sit down with the team and and really carve out that time and be intentional about it. But I'm happy to kind of share the link about Sifted if you want to. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. Okay, we, you and I, we've talked a little bit about this offline, but big productivity, productivity um, junkies, I guess, if if we want to call ourselves that. But you send out a weekly email blast about all your favorite tools and resources. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, so we started the Marketer's Toolbox. And the purpose of the Marketer's Toolbox was to literally just be a resource for marketers to just review the tools that could help make their lives better as marketers. And the tools end up coming into a bunch of different categories. They're broken up into a bunch of different categories. So for example, um, there are tools around productivity, there are tools around web optimization, there are tools around creativity or collaboration or sales enablement. And what, what we did was we basically have a very large list of subscribers who have subscribed to receive this every Friday morning at 10 a.m. in their inbox, they get a different tool. And most of the tools we send are tools that we use. Um, some of them are tools that we don't use, but we've 
just um, discovered and are in either experimenting with or want to experiment with. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's a great way for us to provide uh, useful content without having to write something from scratch and create from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, at least once a week, we write a blog post that is um, completely, you know, proprietary content. Like, like we I shouldn't say proprietary, but we write a unique blog post that's 100% our content. But then curating the marketer's toolbox on a weekly basis has been really a great way to engage marketers in a way that provides a lot of value without a ton of effort on our part. What is your favorite one or favorite tool you're using right now? I love, love, love a tool called Lucky Orange. I think I've even mentioned it to you before. Um, It's an inexpensive tool. It costs us $20 a month, but it provides almost like a DVR, how you can record a show. You can record, it records every single user's session on your website and you can sort of like a DVR, it's as if you're looking over the person's shoulder and you can watch where they're clicking on your site and what they're reading and viewing and when they fill out a form. And it's a beautiful thing to match that with our analytics data to be able to see what people are actually doing on your site. It also has some other cool functionality like you can use um, chat. Uh, it builds it has built-in chat functionality so if a user's on your site and wants to chat with you they can do that you can sub- put surveys on the site so that you can ask your users a question uh, and it even has heat maps so that you can see what portions of your site are getting more eyeballs than others so yeah. that's a lot of functionality for 20 bucks a month absolutely how do you kind of digest that information are you looking at it every day you have someone on your team analyzing. I, I would find myself probably just sitting on the website all day. Both, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's actually you asked about my day to day, and that's pretty much ninety five percent of my day is just <laughs> sitting there looking. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it can be a creepy tool if it's not used properly, but it's very interesting when you um, send out a note to somebody or have a phone conversation with them, and you see that they've logged on to the website, and you see what pages they're clicking through on the website. So. What we'll often do is as we launch a new blog post or something, we'll then take a look at the real-time data that's coming into Lucky Orange to see how people are interacting with that new piece of content. So, you know, what used to take somebody a long time to really see if the content they're creating is really resonating, you can now get almost immediate feedback by just real-time seeing if people are on your site looking at that content and consuming it. That's really neat. We'll have to check it out, and I'll certainly link to it in the show notes. Thanks for, thanks for mentioning it. Absolutely. There are so many good tools that are in that marketer's toolbox that I would definitely encourage anybody that's interested, you know, you can subscribe. It's just, you know, agencysparks.com slash preferences okay. is the place that they could go to subscribe if they want to receive them week- weekly. Great. So jumping back to your previous experience at an agency, Um, There's a quote, and I certainly can't translate it right off the top of my head, but it's something about how entrepreneurs will work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40. Um, (laughs) How do you feel about the transition going from corporate to owning your own business? And do you feel like you've created a good balance and being able to unplug and turn off your company? Yeah, I I think we've... I hopefully made a pretty good balance. And I think my family would agree. Um, I've got two young kids, you know, wife and two young kids. 
Um, and we are very careful about screen time for the kids, but also when we are around the kids, we don't, we, we stay off of our screens. Um, you know, there's time for that after you put the kids to bed. And on the one hand, being an entrepreneur, I think about the business constantly, you know, there's no turning off, uh, like there was when you just collect a paycheck and you go home and that's the end of your day. And then you begin again the next morning. Um, so while we never turn it off there, I think I've been very careful to, when I leave the office, leave the office behind Mm -hmm. and I'm in home mode. And then when I leave home, I leave home mode and home behind and I'm in office mode. That's great. It seems like kind of just setting those parameters. What do you do to recharge? Having two little kids, uh, I have twin <laughs> seven-year-olds, helps recharge because playing with them, they don't care about if you had a hard day at work or if you had you know tough situation of some kind. They just want to play. Between that and, and I'm a runner, this was my 15th straight Peachtree Road Race that I ran. And so I you know, have been a runner for at least 15 years. <laughs> and uh, I also play tennis as well. So it's good to have some physical activity to kind of relieve some of the stress. Do you think the entrepreneurialism will rub off on the two little ones? Uh, yes. Uh, and in some ways, I really hope it does. And in some other ways, I hope it never does. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But, uh, but I think there are a lot of things that they can learn from their dad being an entrepreneur that I think will be really valuable lessons, whether they choose to become entrepreneurs in their lives or not. Mm-hmm. Is there one piece of advice or one thing you wish you would have known when you first got started that you'll probably tell them? Well, I've had a lot of conversations about asking for permission versus begging forgiveness. And I've always been a just do it and then beg for forgiveness later if it was wrong. And I I like that. I I would teach my kids that it's better for them to try something. There's a quote that I absolutely love by uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, It's the actual quote is long, but the short part of it is dare mighty things. It's, 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 it's called the man in the arena is the name of the, the full speech or quote, but it talks about, um, better to have challenged and tried and, and actually been the man in the arena than be the critic on the outside that can, you know, hurl bombs and insults. And, and it's the concept of, Um, the thing I love about entrepreneurship is, you know, it's easy to talk about business and, you know, talk about someday running a business, but unless you're actually doing it, the critic doesn't matter. I I think that's really powerful. I recently had a conversation with someone and their biggest piece of advice they heard is, you know, don't come to the business owner or the team or your family with the problem, but come with a solution. So I think that translates, I mean, the beg for forgiveness piece do you think that has translated to your company culture as well? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, my team in conversation with my team, I told them I would rather them try something and have me have to try to rein them in later than to come to me timidly asking for permission to try something new. And I think that always as an entrepreneur, your mindset somewhat carries over to the rest of the organization. And so I think my team is really good at trying things um, and being bold with choices without necessarily, now that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean be stupid, Mm -hmm. but 
you know, they know that they are never going to be punished for trying something, even if it may not be perfect. I love that. All right, Jay, I've got two more questions for you to wrap it up. Um, first, what is next on the horizon for you? So we're in the process of filming a series of content designed to help marketing agencies learn how to do business development better and more efficiently. And we're going to be selling that uh, via e-commerce. So any agency that wants to learn how to do business development better will be able to purchase it and learn from it and hopefully get a lot of value from it. Um, And the other thing is we uh, have shifted our model a little in that we have started to add more agencies so that when a client comes and needs uh, uh, to solve a marketing problem, we can offer them multiple different choices. And so we're growing. We're, we're adding more agencies and thus we'll be adding more employees and team. And last, how can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you, if they want to learn more about Agency Sparks? What's the best yeah. way to reach out? The best thing is just go to agencysparks.com. Uh, there are contact forms there. And if they reach out, uh, absolutely will get to me. Also, it's a great place to learn a little bit more about uh, some of the things that we discussed here. I mean, there's a whole section on the marketer's toolbox. There's a whole blog archive section. So it's a great place to get in touch right at agencysparks.com. Wonderful. Well, thanks so, so much, Joe. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much, Chantel. I'm excited to be here.